here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hendricks. And Leprechaun Nate. I'm fully uh, on from the 1988 National Championship team um, and just kind of a Notre Dame legend, really. Uh, his son, Nick, is also joining us. He's a huge fan of the Notre Dame football program, uh, honor student at Ball State University. So uh, pretty cool to have uh, both John and Nick on for a little perspective on what went down just about four days ago, five days ago. So Oh, man, where do we even start? Uh, disappointing, obviously, to lose 30-3 to to Clemson when uh, I really felt like this is a team that could uh, uh, compete with the, the big boys, so to speak. Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking. I've been doing a lot of looking at the game. I watched the game again. Um, just, I guess, I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, but uh, I didn't feel like we were that overmatched. I know that may sound ridiculous, but uh, at no point in that game did I ever feel like the Irish were completely out until maybe that last... Uh, touchdown, um, and I think it was the third quarter when they, the Travis Etienne ran, what was it, 50 yards or something. But, I, you know, that first quarter, the first few plays, me and Nate were getting fired up. I was like, all right, all right. You know, defense is making some stops. Offense moved the ball a little bit. Um, but, you know, it was just a weird game. I don't know about you guys. It was just kind of a weird game. I felt like that was not the Notre Dame team that we saw for 12 games this season. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Let us know in the comments below. Nate, what do you think? I mean, I think there were a lot of setbacks. Julian Love getting hurt. Um, I mean, and then they just kind of blew open the game. And then they had a lot of energy going into halftime. That's a great point. And they just built on that uh, lead. And, and let, me just, let me just make a point, and I want to make this very clear. I, I've made a couple of uh, posts about being loyal, about, you know, a Notre Dame fan, as big, a, big, a big a fan as I was on Sunday as I was on Saturday going into the game. Do not pile on Dante Vaughn, man. Yeah, he had a tough time. He's not an elite corner like a Julian Love. He's not an All-American. But he actually made a, a really good play on that ball that the receiver made. Honestly, one of the better catches mm -hmm. I've seen this year. Um, Devon, Dante Vaughn played that ball well. Um, he got burned a couple times, but um, I, I don't think you can pin this exclusively on Dante Vaughn like a lot of our fans are doing. Um, also, I want to make it clear, if you're watching this and you disagree with my comments about loyalty or, or being a fan through thick and thin, that's fine, but let's at least keep it professional and, and professional courtesy and, and constructive criticism, things of that nature. We're going to talk to John a lot about that very thing. Um, 
and what it means to be a student athlete at Notre Dame. Like any other college, not only are we competitive on the football field year in, year out, but we're also competitive in the classroom, in the boardroom. You hear about the 40-year decision, and I think it's so true. You listen to some of the guys that we've had on this show in the past that have been Notre Dame graduates, and they're all just, you know, they're doing great things. They're contributing back to their community. Uh, they're CEOs. They're presidents of companies. You know, Ned Bolker has owns like three or four companies. He, he rang the New York Stock Exchange bell for crying out loud. I mean, we don't have these guys that some of the other schools have that are, you know, going into the NFL or if it doesn't work in the NFL, they're, they're kind of just washing out. So be proud of the, of the team. Be proud of the university. 12-0 is 12-0. I don't care how you look at it. Going 12-0 in college football season undefeated until the postseason is incredible. It's an incredible accomplishment, especially with that, that schedule. Yeah, and it was against a lot of good ranked teams like uh, Michigan, Virginia Tech, even though Virginia Tech kind of fell off. Right. But USC is also a good team. They're going to get better. So it's we're just seeing the beginning of that rebuild for SC. And it's not like, yeah, exactly, great point. It's not like SC didn't have the talent. I think they were like a preseason top 15 ranked, ranked team. Uh, Michigan was a top 10 pre-ranked team. Northwestern was a ranked team. Uh, Syracuse ended up being a ranked team. Northwestern. I mean, you talk about the teams that we beat, and just because they might have had a down season or down points in the year, doesn't mean they're not a good football team. And I think it's irresponsible for people, whether they're fans or not fans, to say that we didn't play anybody this year. I think it's just out of control. The other thing I want to talk about, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this after the John Foley interview, is I've seen a lot of people comment that, oh, wow, with, with the showing that we had, there's no way the committee's going to invite us back. My comment to that is, a 12-0 Notre Dame fighting Irish football team is not going to be denied a shot at the college football playoffs because of something that happened a year ago, two years ago, six years ago, like against Alabama. This is not going to happen. They're 12-0 with the schedule that we play, and we'll talk about the schedule a little bit later as well. They are not going to be denied an opportunity. It's not like the, the, the committee members have to have a short-term memory. They're tasked with doing a job. And if you have a 12-0 Notre Dame football team going up against a two-loss Georgia, a two-loss Oklahoma, uh, a one-loss Ohio State, that's you know they're always going to slip up against Purdue or mm-hmm. freaking I don't know whoever else they play, whoever whoever Ohio State might play, whoever they slip up against, they do every year. Michigan, whoever it might be, they're not going to get bumped because of that preconceived notion. So yeah, another, I just want to get out there. Another thing is Oklahoma got in and they lost to us uh, six well six years ago. So they have to have a short-term memory. Right. All right, why don't you go ahead and get uh, John Foley charged up here. I got Bill Hackett watching, Bill Norberg in the house. I know Norberg uh, is not exactly of the same mindset as me when it comes to uh, how we should respond to this. But, hey, it's okay to have different opinions. I don't want people to think that I you know, don't think you're anything less of a fan. I just think you got to stay loyal to the thick and the thin. And, uh, well, again, we'll get into that a little bit. Those saying undefeated Indy doesn't get in are delusional, but, yeah, exactly. That's from Justin Knox. Got big Dino watching with us too, Dean DeMillo. What's up, buddy? Hello, and welcome to Type in the PIN number. We're doing a little bit different this time. We're going to have a conference call call in here, so hopefully this goes well. Always kind of scary here on live. Oh, Douglas Johnson in the house. What's up, Doug? I'm sure you're going to want to chime in here in just a minute. Uh, Sean Hagan, amen. They had a bad game when love went out. They took advantage of our lack of depth. Absolutely, Sean. Hello, and welcome to Unlimited Conferencing. Please enter your appearance. Okay, one sec, guys. Sorry for the delay here. Hello. What's up, guys? How we doing? Good. How are you? We're doing real good. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we got John. Where are you calling in from today? Bill Slippercon. Are you still there? Yeah, it's an introduction. I'm from Chicago. Nick, where are you calling in from? Uh, I'm calling from Austin, Texas. And I, I apologize. I got Nick's school wrong. Nick doesn't go to Ball State. He goes to Illinois State. Sorry about that, Nick. No, you're all good. So. All right, so John, let's start with you here real quick. So um, 
Talk about your time at Notre Dame. I know you were a, a very highly recruited uh, player coming out of high school. You were, not, uh, US, I think it was a USA Today uh, Defensive Player of the Year for high school. So what was your recruitment like? Was it always Notre Dame or bust, or, or what was that like for you? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, was, it, or, or was it Notre Dame or bust? Um, my, my, you know, I'm from the south side of Chicago. Uh, my dad's a beer driver. My dad's brother was a priest, and I went to Catholic high schools. Uh, grammar school and high school. So like that uh, recruiting process started off, you know, I really wanted to go to Notre Dame. And um, yeah, I was fortunate to have Bo Schembecker, Jimmy Johnson, you know, basically all the players come, my coaches come to my house. And, you know, Lou Holtz and then I would say probably Joe Paterno were two that really stood out to me. But, you know, the, the reason I decided to go to Notre Dame is I realized academically I was challenged. I'm not like my son today, Nikki, who's on the phone, has a 388 GPA in college. Um, you know, I was challenged academically and needed to go somewhere where I knew that I was going to do something besides just play football. Okay. Now, when you arrived on campus, I know there was a lot of expectations and things. You suffered a, an injury pretty early on, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I suffered an injury my sophomore year in the Cotton Bowl in 1988. Um, absolutely devastating. Uh, I, to this day, it's caused health, you know, health issues. Um, it was against, against Cotton Bowl, the second kickoff return. Uh, my job at kickoffs was to basically go down and pick up the wall. I, I didn't worry about the football the guy with the ball. I worried about breaking the wall because that was my job. And kickoff returns, you guys all probably know a guy named Tim Brown. Um, my job was to be in front of Tim and take the first hit or take the guy out first, you know, uh, on kickoff team. But the third kickoff, they sent two guys down. Uh, one basically just distracted me. Another guy hit me at full speed at 40 yards, sprint in the neck. Uh, got up. I really could feel my body. Walked to the sidelines. In those days, they didn't have the test. They didn't have all that stuff. I knew there was something wrong, but, you know, did not want to leave the game. And so what ended up happening from that is my left lung is like 10% today. Wow. I lost use of my right bicep, my forearm, and part of my butt for like a year and a half, two years. Um, I wore sweatshirts around campus for the students and athletes wouldn't see what it's like to uh, have an injury of the, the one I tell you the stain was pretty bad. I mean, literally, my right arm was almost gone. It was all gone. But through a lot of work and the great work of Notre Dame, Mayo Clinic, they sent me all over the country. I was able to get most of it back, but never did play again. So we got Billy Hackett, number 18, who's a teammate of yours in the 88 team, talking about kind of narrating here as you're talking. He said, uh, Foles would run down the field, top speed, screaming, and bust the wedge. So uh, Bill, Bill coming in with the, narr the narrative here. Hey, hey, Nick, hearing your dad talk about some of these memories from, the, from his football playing career, um, do you ever go back and watch some of the games just to kind of see what your dad was up to back in those days? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, actually, when I'm at school and I see a North Game fan, I say, hey, you want to see a, a video of my dad wrecking uh, <laughs> a kickoff return? I forgot. What's his name, Bobby? What's his name, Dad? Bobby Humphrey. Yeah, and he, like, just totally destroyed the guy. So I love seeing my dad play the sport because, you know, I wasn't alive, of course, yet. Um, and it's really interesting to see him play because, you know, I hear about it all the time from people and my dad when we talk about football. But actually being able to see it and I, when I watch it, it makes me really proud of my dad because you know how much hard work he put into it. And um, talking about his injury also, like, uh, with his injury, he it really has affected his life, you know. Um, 
And I'm really glad that he had the help he did when he was at Notre Dame because my dad's probably in a lot less pain than he would be if he didn't get the help. So I'm really thankful for Notre Dame overall for great childhood memories, watching my dad play, and then I'm taking care of him so he can be healthy for his kids someday. That's awesome. That's a great story. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about this this year's team. Nick, I know you're a huge fan. I know you follow the team very closely. You kind of you're, you're, I see some of your posts, and you, you've got a straight. You're, you're a pretty good analyst there. But I wanted to ask you. Start with John here, and, and let's talk about what happened. You know, the 33 loss in the Cotton Bowl. Not definitely not what any of us were expecting or hoping for. But where do you see this team going from here? Are we at the highest we can get? Are we at the highest of highs? Or can this team still improve? And can Kelly get us to where we need to get to? Oh, I, um, I think. Well, Nick, I'm Nick, Nick, you go ahead and leave with this, and then I'll, I'll come after you. Because Nick is literally the expert versus me. But go ahead, Nick. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. I'm just a fan. Um, so what I think this loss did was show us that we have a good team, right? We have a solid team. But you got to admit, Clemson's playing on another level right now, yep. right? They're, yep. they're quarterback. They're, Trevor Lawrence is amazing, right? I was, I, was gonna say, I was saying, oh, we're going to beat him up. But, you know, they're just playing on another level. I I don't know what else to say about that. We have a good team. I think we have a solid team. I think this game is going to really shoot a fire in the team that, hey, we were so close. Let's work harder and figure out what we need to do. So when we go against another league team, which which I really hope we do next year, because I think, I don't think this is the end, uh, Jason. Um, Just from, I don't know, especially because I went to the Alabama, you know, Notre Dame championship game in 2012, which was like the saddest day of my life. It was such a bad, it was a pleasure being there, but watching the game was like, oh, this hurts my soul. Um, I really think this is not the peak. I think this is just the beginning. Because of a recruiting class um, and just the team overall, we're like, you know, we're building. And I think we're going to be elite. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many, like, probably like three years maybe. And I think Kelly could help us. But also as a fan, I'm disappointed because um, our number ESPN showing, you know, like that stat about Notre Dame. I think we're zero and six in BTS bowls, correct? Yes. I think we're zero and six. And, you know, as a fan, I want us to win a big game. And also, I want it for the players too because they work so hard. So I think, I think we're, I don't think this is, the peak. I think we're going to learn from it and be a better team next year. Great, great answer. What about you, John? So, I agree with Nick. Um, I can tell you, I was so proud of this team this year. Um, not just by their play, but how they represent the University of Notre Dame. I mean, I listened to their interviews, and I am just uh, just amazed. And these are highly educated people. These are people who are here for school. Okay, and that's really important. I know. When we lose, everybody goes, well, you want to talk about your academics? Yeah, let's talk about academics because these kids are going to have amazing futures for the next 40 years. Pro football player, those kids being a pro football player to college, like 5% maybe. Seriously. Yeah, if that. Um, and, yeah, if that. And, you know, do we need to lower our fans to win games? No. Do we need to bring talent in that can succeed at Notre Dame but necessarily may not be the perfect fit? Yeah, I think we do. I was not perfect for Notre Dame at all. Um, you know, but I basically wanted to be here. I, I, I pretty much begged Notre Dame to let me in the door. Because <laughs> so I knew if I can put the same effort I did into uh, football, I can put in school, I would do well. And I think this university is doing an amazing job bringing in great talent. 
I think that uh, they just got to keep keep going forward. I mean, you can't, you know, get a couple big losses in 12 and today. Oh, well, guess what? Hey, we're there, guys. Okay? We're showing up. Absolutely. And ESPN sports analysts want to talk, talk, talk. You know, come on. Ohio State, you got your ass kicked by Purdue. Okay? So just shut up. You know, and then Michigan, you got your butt kicked in, you know, in their game. Um, guys, it's what? Central Florida? Yeah. Okay, LSU. So it's just who shows up that day? And I'll tell you, it, Nick is right. This was a hell of a Clemson team. I I was so impressed with this quarterback. I thought he would not do as well. That kid had so much expo, you know, uh, composure. It was crazy. And I think we're going to build a. I think we're going to still win a lot of games, guys. I'd rather win a lot of games and not win the national championship than win national championships and not graduate players. Amen to that. That's, that's just my feeling. And let, let's let's build on that a little bit more. You know, you, you got all these, and that's it's the sad part is it's not just the ESPN talking heads anymore. You get with social media nowadays being what it is. I know you guys didn't have this necessarily in '88, but being what it is now, you got everybody that has fingers and a, and a typewriter, a keyboard typewriter, keyboard um, is going to run their mouth and talk about how things should be this way, should be that way. Fire this guy, bench that guy. What do you say to those fans who want to jump off the the you know the fan train, if you will? Uh, uh, right as soon as things go bad. I mean, we go 12 and 0. Everybody wants to anoint Kelly as the second coming of Lou Holtz. Uh, then we lose to, to a very good Clemson team, and everybody's saying we should fire him and bring in God knows who. That's a good question, Nick. Go ahead first. Um. Well, uh, it's just disappointing because these kids are college kids, just like I am. They're they're my age. We're both going to college. Um, you know. So they're there for football, but they're also there for their future. Um, and if we if we lose, one, okay, we went to the combo, we lost. Yeah, but if you look at our season, how much we've improved as a team, and you just hop off now and you're talking trash to the players on social media, um, I honestly don't think you're a real fan because, first off, you don't attack college kids on social media. It's extremely inappropriate, and they're only, what, eight, yeah, 18 from 21-year-olds. And um, I just think you need to stick with it. You know, I'm, I'm a football fan, so I got an NFL team. I'm the Carolina Panthers. We're not good at all, but I still stick with my team because I'm, you know, I'm proud of it. With Notre Dame, we've had some bad seasons. And, for example, Jason, I, when we lost to Alabama, um, you know, really pretty much badly, um, I went to school the next day from head to toe in Notre Dame gear. You know why? Because we had such a great season. It was I love that season. Even though we got a big, you know, it doesn't count anymore. I was still proud of the team when I went to school. I wore four full gear, and I knew when I was going to go to school, kids would be like, "Oh, Notre Dame sucks. Like, why are you wearing their gear?" It's because I'm a fan. A fan sticks with the team. You support your team, and you just got to be proud of them. So, um, that's it. You know. Good stuff. I I, I agree. No, I, I agree. It's uh, you know. Uh, give me a question again, Jason. So basically, I just want to know what you, kind of what your message is. You know, having so much success under the Holtz era, I think people think that that's the way it's uh, it's going to be, you know, um, that we should win every game, that, you know, any loss is the end of the world. What do you say to those fans that kind of want to pile on the coach, pile on the players, uh, think that we should fire this guy or that guy? What do you what do you kind of say to those fans and, and about sticking it out? Hey, hey, Jason, how many national championships did we win under Lou Holtz? One. In how many years? Uh, uh, ten? Nine, nine, ten, something like that? Right. So people probably wouldn't consider him a success today. 
But it goes way beyond that. I mean, yeah, the bowl games, we need to figure out. I, you know, one thing I, I need, think we need to do is just kind of open it up more when we go in bowl games. When we played against Northwestern, what they do, they opened it up. They went all in, and they did a great job. I think that, you know, they need to understand that this is an institution of higher education, okay? We're not lowering our standards to win national titles. No. We're going to get there. We're going to get close to We will do it again. You can break this out. We will win a title again. I mean, look at the information today. You heard about Nick Saban might be losing a lot of uh, wins, right? Yeah. Uh, don't be surprised if that happens. Um, you know, when I when I went to watch our team play in 2012, I didn't know if the Chicago Bears or the Patriots were coming out. <laughs> Certainly didn't look like a college football team to me. Right. Um, uh. You know, and I do believe that. And, you know, I believe that, you know, if you, even in field, uh, playing field, uh, academically and athletically, I think we're amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we have a 98, 99% graduation rate. We won 12 games. We scored two, 405 points versus 207 points. You know, we average, if you look at each quarter, I mean, your quarters are very balanced. 112 points, 104, 103, 86. How many, how many teams can say that? Have such a balanced offense? Not you know, many. Do we need to make uh, some uh, changes? Absolutely. But if anybody, you know, I would love to get in debate with any person reporter about Notre Dame football. I would, I, I would enjoy it. That's absolutely right. And you, you guys both mentioned uh, talking about standards, academic standards. That One of the reasons I love Notre Dame so much is, and all the way back from when I was a kid is just the kind of people that Notre Dame puts out, uh, the kind of people you meet who are Notre Dame grads, whether they be athletes or not, and just overall good people, the, the faith-based, the putting country first, putting God first. You know, those are all things that are important to me, as well as obviously having a football team that I love more than just about anything. So I, it's bigger than just football, as they say, and I think that... They lose a game in the, in the championship, and now everybody's jumping off the ship. I That's mean, right. Look at, you know, it, it's amazing when you, you see um, so many guys at the conference, I mean, Flanagan has a big investment bank in Chicago. Uh, Chris Orange is a, you know, an athletic director at the University of Chicago. I mean, our players go out after to do amazing things. I remember there's a story about Alabama and its players coming in to practice. Very good at what I do. But it's just funny how these, these guys look at the ring and think, 
you guys shed that light. I think it's such a such a sad thing to see when people put so much emphasis on the team that they forget about the person and, and that these are actually people, not just people we're watching on TV, right? So, it's... Uh, yeah, exactly. It's 12-0. Guess what? There's going to be another 12-0 in life. We're going to have great success. But, you know, that. after uh, when the game lights over, you know, they don't talk about that, do they? No. Uh, I mean, how could we not be happy with these guys? Talk to these guys. Hey, Personally, I don't know how you couldn't be, and it, you know it's it's so nice to hear a perspective from a former player who's been through that, who's been to the top of the mountain, and and he's experienced some of the lows and the highs. So I, I think that's a huge, uh, huge thing coming from somebody like you. Um, all right, well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the biggest thing was just I got to this is important. The greatest thing Notre Dame did for me, and I think my son regretted me. They put me in Capitol Hall, okay, and number one academic dorm in Notre Dame my freshman year. That was the greatest thing that happened to me in Notre Dame. I learned so much more than just football. I, I, I can tell you, to, to this day, I've done a ton of business with those students in that dorm. To this day, I can't tell you how many new Notre Dame people I've run across. And, you know, Notre Dame put me in that dorm because I needed some help. And guess what? It changed my life. And didn't you, uh, weren't you a roommate of Bill Hackett? I love Billy Hackett, yeah. He's a great guy, <laughs> man. John and Nick. Hey, Nick, you got anything before we hang up here, man? gentlemen i appreciate you both coming on today it was an honor to talk to both of you i appreciate the support and uh, look forward to t catching up with you down the road hey james thanks for supporting the team we love your brother all day for the irish. take care guys go irish thanks guys yeah thank you Jason. all right we'll see you nick go irish go oh, whoops all right hey sorry about the technical difficulties guys uh hopefully got that worked out um good interview there i think uh john was able to to really shed some good light on um some of the this the uh Difficulties of being a student athlete in Notre Dame. Nate, what do you think? Uh, I think it was a good interview, but you can, uh, if anybody follows some of the players on Instagram, they always say, like, no football questions. Yeah. It's because they want to get away from football right. and do the regular life. Absolutely. Very good point, Nate. Um, want to talk a little bit. Let's talk about 2019. So 2018 is over. Let's close that book. 
as in Ian Book, who, hey, he's still our guy. Um, before we go too much further, though, I want to give a huge shout-out to B-Dub7, Brandon Wimbush. Uh, he has announced that he's going to be transferring. He's going to be seeking his fifth year uh, somewhere else. And, gosh, I, I couldn't be more uh, proud of a kid that just really battled through a lot of adversity, waited his turn, things didn't go great, didn't hold his head down, didn't complain, went to work every day, tried to make his team better, and just a stud of a person right there. Um, I really hope – I don't have any other team that I ever root for other than Notre Dame and sometimes Navy – uh, on days that we're not playing Notre Dame, but uh, any of the armed forces actually. But um, I really hope whatever school Brandon goes to, that he's able to have some great success. Really hoping that he doesn't go to a school that plays the Irish because that would be like really gut-wrenching for me. But it's a huge shout-out to Brandon, uh, Brandon Wimbush, for everything he did. I can't thank the guy enough. Um, we also heard yesterday, I think it was, that Micah Dutreadway, a defensive tackle, is going to be transferring. Um, still, needed to, still waiting for a decision on Miles Boykin if he's going to come back for a fifth year. And then obviously the big question mark, Julian Love, is he coming back for his fifth year? Uh, Khaled Kareem already said he's coming back. Uh, you're going to get back a ton of talent along that defensive line with Dalen Hayes, Julian Aquara, Khaled Kareem, um, uh, the, the Adam, Adam Alola brothers, the twins, who actually got a lot of playing time this year. Kurt Heinisch, who I know Nate's a big fan of. MTA's coming back. Um, and then when you look at some of the recruits that are coming in, I know Matt uh, Dunbar here. Uh, one of our recruiting analysts for Dos Leprechauns really likes what he sees out of Jacob Lacey, an incoming freshman. Uh, 6'2", 290, uh, really gets after. He's a four-star guy, so a lot of good talent coming back in on the D-line. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, if, let's say, some games are offensive struggling, our defense is going to be key for victory uh, in right. some games like Georgia, Michigan. Um, and we played very well in the beginning of the Clemson game mm -hmm. So on defense-wise. So if we play like that every game, or most of the games, then I think we'll be just fine this year. And then also you got guys like Jamie on Franklin who got hurt this year. He's a guy that I think can really um, fill in a little bit for Tillery, who obviously Tillery's leaving. Um, so you got some guys who can really come in. Talking about the secondary, um, you're going to get hopefully Julian Love back. Holy cow, that would be amazing to have a guy like Julian Love back anchoring that D. You're going to get Alohi Gilman back. Um, Sean Crawford is going to come back from injury. I'm praying that he can stay healthy this year because he's a good football player. Houston Griffith is another guy that's going to contribute next year in the secondary. Um, uh, let's see, who else do we have? I'm trying to think of who else has come back. Um, you got some, some young guys uh, that are, that are going to be coming in. Zay Rutherford, one of our mm -hmm. new guys from NorCal. I think he could contribute right away. But it really, in my opinion, kind of the shining star, one of the shining stars of the class is uh, Kyle Hamilton, who some of you may have seen on the All-American Bowl practices. He is killing it um, at that thing. He really looks like he's the real deal. Uh, really excited to see him play. He's a corner that I think could come in and provide some of that depth. You got Tariq Bracey that can come in. Uh, Dean DeMillo says he's an Irish, he's a Heinish fan as well, Nate. Uh, that game down, came down to love being hurt. That's when Clemson did their advantage. There's some truth there. Uh, Brian Ginzer says he loves the love. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, flipping over to the offensive side of the area. I'm sorry. Let's talk, let's talk about linebacker, Nate. Uh, we're losing Tavon Coney. Mm -hmm. You know, we're losing Drew Tranquil, the captain of our defense, one of the captains of our team, just a all-around great representative of the university. We're losing those two guys. So who do you think is going to really have to step up as, at the linebacker position and make some plays? Um, I think about Asmir Bilal. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's kind of been in the shadows mm -hmm. uh, for the last couple of years. Um, I think he's really going to have a breakout season. A lot of people um, hate on our quarterbacks, or not quarterbacks, cornerbacks and linebackers. Um, and really, uh, they're kind of our soul of, the, of our defense. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, defensive line, but linebacker is like our secondary. So the running back comes up, and then we get him. 
there's a few guys that I can see really contributing this year on the on, at the linebacker position. This, I'm sorry, next year. Jordan Ginmar Keith, who got some good reps this year. Shane Simon, who's like a men amongst boys out there as a freshman this year, got some playing time. I think he'll be big for us next year. DJ Morgan, a kid out of St. John Bosco that I think will contribute. Um, Jay, uh, Jack Lamb, who's here from uh, local Temecula, California. He's a big kid that I think just needed a year in the system to get used to it. And then Jonathan Jones, don't forget him out as well. I could also see them maybe moving um, Jameer Jones, uh, the brother of Jerron Jones. He played a lot of D-line this year. I could see them maybe moving him back to linebacker, which I believe he was originally recruited at. Um, so they have some options at the linebacker position. I don't think the cover's bare, so to speak. You know, Jordan Gidmarquis, Shane Simon, they all got playing time. Drew White even got some playing time. So I think we're going to be okay at linebacker. Um, and I definitely think we're going to be okay at D-line. Obviously, losing Tillery is going to hurt. But if Julian Love comes back, oh, man, that secondary is going to be nasty. So good things ahead for this team on the uh, defense side of the ball. Offensively, Nate, um, you know, Ian, bleh, Ian Book, obviously coming back, um, is huge to bring a guy like that back. He's going to have a full year under his belt, most of a full year under his belt as a starter, starting that big game against Clemson. What do you think, Nate? Where does Book go from here next year? I think he's going to improve a lot. Because as you see, uh, the jump from last year, uh, North Carolina, he, he may have not had his best game um, two years ago, I think. Yeah, two years ago. Um, but he comes back this year, has a great season, and uh, he had to fight for that job. So mm -hmm. that was more motivation. Uh, so I think he's just going to have an even better season. He's going to improve. Uh, hopefully he comes back after this season, um, and that will be great. Yeah, no, and I, you know, I hear a lot of uh... – people doubting our receiving core, but whether Miles Boykin comes back or not next year, you're gonna have Chase Claypool. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Fink may be able to get a fifth year, hopefully we'll see about that, but you know, you're gonna have a guy like Kevin Austin, you're gonna have guys like, uh, oh my gosh, drawing a complete blank here, Braden Lindsey, who yeah. I think is gonna be able to stretch the field. That To me, Braden Lindsey is our is kind of the Will Fuller 2.0. I think he's that, that next guy that we have that's just a burner that can really beat that corner going over top beat the guy for a long pass. Now the question is, is Ian Book going to be able to make some of those long throws? We've seen him struggle with that. So I think that'll be a huge point of emphasis in the offseason is, is Ian Book working on the long ball. But Brayden Lindsay is the guy that's going to come in and, and I think we'll make some plays right away. Um, I mentioned Kevin Austin, Michael Young Jr. Um, and then on the tight end position, you know, you're going to lose Alizé Mack. Obviously that's going to hurt. But uh, you just kind of – Alizé Mack and Nick Wisher, but you kind of replenish the shells right away with Cole Komet, you know, the two-sport athlete, Brock Wright right behind him. And then a guy, guy that I think can really be kind of that Alizé Mack of the, of the future is Tommy Trimble. Uh, big, highly recruited tight end last year that the Irish got from, I think, Georgia. Um, really, really, really big kid, good hands. Uh, heard a lot so looking for Tommy Trimble to do some things also. Book is out. Book is our QB, and I hope Jerkovic pushes him. That's from Rick Radikovic. Absolutely. I think um, Rick brings up a good point. I mean, the competition – is there going to be a competition or is it Book's job? I mean, I think that you can't just necessarily close the book on Ian Book being your starter because Phil Dracovic is a freak athlete. You know, you don't just you don't come across Phil Dracovic all the time. But uh, with his grasp of the offense, his uh, control of the team in, in terms of leading the team, I think Book is the guy next year once again. Um, Javon McKinley is another guy at wide receiver I want to talk about. He, he's a big, big body receiver that also has some speed. Uh, really looking for him to play a lot more next year. Uh, he's a local guy here. Really hope that we get to uh, get to get to see him on the field a little bit more next year. Um, offensive line. So it all starts in, and finishes in the trenches. We all know that. I thought our D line played admirably, other than a few things here and there um, against Clemson. Uh, and again, I, we've mentioned I don't think that's going to be a concern next year at all. Offensive line. 
I'm just going to say it. I don't like to, I'm not going to criticize, but they definitely didn't play their best game. Uh, Book looked like he was running for his life a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dex didn't really get any huge holes after about the first two or three series. Um, definitely a struggle. You know, you're going up against three or four guys on that D line that will probably be playing on Sundays. Well, we'll be playing on Sundays next year. A couple of them probably first round draft picks. Um, but if we want, as fully mentioned, to get to that next level, they have to be able to produce. Um, but you look at that O line and look at the guys coming back, man. I mean, yeah. you, you've got um, you've got Liam Eikenberg, you've got Tommy Kramer. One guy that I think is going to end up being our next great offensive lineman, Aaron Banks. You know, redshirt freshman this year got in there and just nasty, quick, big, nasty player. I love him. Um, and then you got some other young guys. You got your Trevor Rulins, uh, Dylan Gibbons that I think could play some. Uh, Darnell Ewell, who was recorded as a defensive tackle, is on the offensive side of the ball now too. So a lot of good things going on. What do you? What was your take on the old? I mean, I feel like they played good um, against a tough, tough, tough defensive line. Let's say we were playing against Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl, something like that. Ohio State doesn't have the best defensive line, but they have a good defensive line. We would have probably won that game. Um, but I think our offensive line played well, but I think they could have played a little bit better. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then last but not least, the running back position. I mean, you're going to have Tony Jones Jr. coming back. Obviously, Dexter Williams, not the kind of guy that you just replace out of nowhere. Yeah. He's a special player. Dex is going to be playing on Sundays. We love Dex. Everybody loves Dex. He's going to be playing on Sundays, and I can't – I just hope the best for that kid and, and hope he just blows it up on, on the next level. But uh, at the running back position, you're going to have Tony Jones Jr. coming back. A lot of experience there. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Decent blocker. You know, Jafar Armstrong, who kind of emerged on the scene the first couple games, and then – trailed off a little bit with some injuries, and I don't think he was ever fully right um, for, the, for, the, for the rest of the season. So, you know, Tony Jones Jr., Jafar Armstrong. Avery got Davis. Avery Davis, possibly. Uh, play. Um, then you got Jameer Smith, a kid that you saw in the spring game last year, didn't get a lot of playing time. I don't think he got any playing time this year. Somebody I think will contribute this year. Sebo Flymester, uh, another late signee last year, I think he'll play. And then um, Kyron Williams, who is a, just a nasty, nasty running back. Uh, probably won't play this next year, but in 2020, look for him to just blow up on the scene. He's a, he's a special player. I think he's going to get his fifth start here before it's all said and done. Um, so that's pretty much our breakdown of the 2019-2020, uh, I'm sorry, 2019 season. Let's look at the schedule here, Nate. I got it pulled up. Um, it's not an easy schedule, guys. We, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Um, I don't see how you take an undefeated Notre Dame team and keep them out of the playoffs, especially with the schedule you're going to see that we're going to talk about right here. Open up on the road at Louisville. You know, that's a game that, that in theory, we should win going away. Uh, Louisville's got a new coach. They don't have near the talent that they had. Wait, are we off again? No. Okay. Sorry, guys. The battery's low. Um, so you got Louisville. We'll open it up with Louisville. Then we get we have a bye week, which is random. A bye week the second week of the season. Uh, then you got New Mexico at home. And then you go to Georgia in Athens. That. <laughs> There, it's never an easy time to play Georgia early on in the season like that is even crazier. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's that's a scary game to me. Um, and then you go, uh, you play Virginia at home. Virginia's going to be a lot better. Bronco Mendenhall has got that team playing pretty dang good football, so we'll see how that goes. Then you got SC at home. You know, you always know that's a rivalry game. I'm sorry, Bowling, Bowling, Bowling Green. Green. Then um, SC at home. Uh, SC's going to be a lot better with, uh, what's his name, Cliff Kingsbury, the Head coach of Texas yeah. Tech calling the plays for them now. That's that's never going to be an easy thing. Uh, then another bye week. Then at Michigan, the big house. Mm-hmm. Woo! They're going to be out for blood, guys. And and uh, Shea Patterson coming back. Not a huge fan of him as a quarterback, but they're going to be motivated and ready to roll. Uh, then home against Virginia Tech. Um, at Duke. 
um, at home against Navy, at home for the Boston College game, senior day, and then at Stanford to finish off the season on the West Coast. So uh, definitely not something that, not a, not a program or a season that you can take that schedule lightly. So sure. again, you go 10, you go 12 and 0 with that schedule. They're not putting us out of the playoffs no matter yeah, what happens yeah, this year. Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, that we're going to beat Michigan because we have a week, well, two weeks to prepare. Um, uh, I don't, I haven't seen their schedule, but I don't know if they have a week to prepare. But we're going to have a lot of time to prepare and work on the little things. What do you think about the Georgia game? Um, I think Georgia is obviously really good, but um, – uh, like in the LSU game this year, they just they never stopped. They had the tempo, 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 and if if we keep that up the whole game, then we're definitely gonna win. Yeah, the the Georgia game, and then especially after um, what I saw with them against LSU. I'm sorry, against Texas. Um, I think there's some areas that you can expose them. They were without a couple of their best players, but uh, you know Jake Fromm is a really good quarterback. He'll be back. I think he'll be a senior next year. So they're definitely gonna be good. Um, I think we can expose them. And again, I think it's it's good that we get at least a, a couple warm-up games uh, before playing at Georgia because we'll kind of have an idea of what that offense is going to look like. Yeah. You know, I'm really hoping Ship Long will get a little bit more creative this year because that was probably my biggest complaint about the Clemson game is just the, the generic kind of vanilla play calling. You know, third and nine, you run it up the middle. The decks running up the middle against a team like Clemson didn't seem like the smartest idea, but I'm not making a million dollars as an offensive coordinator, so neither any of you. So I, I, I think you just got to – Trust they know what they're doing. They're doing. They saw some of their practice that seemed like that could work. So, talk to everybody later. Um, go Irish. Have a great day. We'll see you guys next time. Dose. Leprechauns be the place. The podcast for inspiration and taste. With people all around from different sizes and shapes. Different cultures and backgrounds in the race. We got Jason and Nate. Hosts in the house. Built to create. Be in the lighthouse. To keep us at the gate. Got the Notre Dame back in This is the sound of at Koala Mama 85 asking DQ to bring back the Snickers Blizzard. And this is the sound of us making the Snickers Blizzard. And the all-new peanut butter pie blizzard made with Snickers. And this is the sound of 5,157 happy Snickers Blizzard lovers saying OMG smile emoji praise hands thank you exclamation point praise hands praise hands. That's what a Snickers Blizzard sounds like. And it's back with the all-new peanut butter pie blizzard made with Snickers. DQ, happy tastes good. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.